This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Al and Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Al and Jerry's post-game podcast. Oh, yes, it is podcast time. Jerry is uh, sunning himself in Miami. Doing uh, Rutgers Miami. He'll be back tomorrow. Eddie Scazzeri joins me on the post game podcast. Oh, hi there, Eddie. Hello, podcast people. Uh, I let people know that you were coming on the podcast today, and uh, a couple of people have uh, thrown out some uh, sort of topics for you. Is this uh, an Ask Eddie anything or not really? I didn't. I, I didn't word it that way. I just said, "Hey, I'm uh, I'm on with Eddie today. If there are any uh, topics you want us to discuss, okay." And, and I actually got this from multiple people, which is interesting. All right, including our friend Nicole. Oh, okay, Christmas. How does Eddie celebrate? Is he an atheist? Mm-hmm. I don't know what I identify as as per religion. I have a very hard time with it, but I love Christmas. The decor, Santa. Then another guy wanted to know. Uh, I just like the way this one guy words it, worded it. So, uh, oh man, oh man. All right, I I don't know. Well, where. do you want me to answer? The, yeah, it's essentially can... the same thing. Uh, it's uh, really asking about uh, since you are uh, not a religious person. How do you celebrate Christmas? Okay, so... Uh, and how do you see Christmas, I guess? Well, okay, I am an atheist, mm-hmm. which most people probably know if they've listened long enough. Now, is an atheist actually a religion, or does atheist mean I have no religion? No religion. Okay. No gods, no masters. You don't believe in sort of a, anything supernatural yeah. as the cause of everything. Um. So... But how do I view Christmas? Obviously, growing up, I was not an atheist, was raised Catholic. and But, you know, I started having doubts early on, first grade. That's a whole other story. But uh, Christmas is sort of, for me, I, I love it. And it's, to me, it's not about the birth of Christ as the Savior of the world and all that. I mean, it's part of the Christmas story and the Christmas narrative, but I treat that like other Christmas stories like Rudolph or Frosty or Santa or what have you, uh, just a whole part of the thing. But, you know, Christmas, the Yuletide, that goes back millennia, people celebrating when the days started to get longer around the winter solstice and the coming of spring and the whole thing. And people were celebrating 
around that time anyway, the pagans. And the early church decided to have the birth of Christ put around that time, since people were kind of making merry anyway. So let's do that and say Christ was born December 25th, when in actuality he's probably born in May. If you look at the biblical accounts of the, the nativity, what was going on, just... Uh, we didn't get around to celebrating his birthday till December 25th? Yeah, well, My I mean, goodness. that's when the church, I think it was around the 4th century, maybe, maybe or a little earlier, said uh, that's when it was going to be, that was the date, and then we went from there. Uh, but he was really born in May, based on the stories of what was going on with the, the cattle and the sheep and the manger and the whole thing. So, uh, but the whole Yuletide celebration and the feeling of Christmas, the spirit of Christmas, is one that I believe in and do enjoy, that all the gift-giving and trying to be kind. I mean, I try to be kind all the time, but it's the whole season, the feel of the season I enjoy. I love the songs. I love the even the religious hymns that are uh, about the nativity and Christmas and the, the lights and the tree and the whole thing. I'm all in on so all So it's more like uh, an American holiday. Uh, not not even American. I mean, it was celebrated in Europe for centuries. Um, you know, in maybe in I guess the it started to become more what we think about as Christmas, probably in Victorian England, and Dickens was a part of that whole thing with the, a Christmas Carol, and that sort of started this turning Christmas into a much bigger deal in terms of the celebration for everyone. Uh, to enjoy and the making it a whole season and uh, a lot of the traditions stem from that time of uh, you know a Dickens a Christmas Carol, so I'm all in on that. And every year I listen to the unabridged Christmas Carol uh, on my book on tape. How like, long does that take? It's a short. It's not that long. It's only three plus hours, I believe. It's not a long novel. I guess maybe well, it's not a novella, but whatever. And the the I had a version that I listened to of uh, Patrick Stewart uh, from Star Trek: Next Generation narrating it, but that was abridged. And then I found a Tim Curry uh, narrated version of of the unabridged. And it's unabridged about, means not edited. Correct. Like every word that's in the text, okay. is read. All and, right. And uh, yeah, I listened to that um, usually the last week or the last three days of. Before I go for my Yuletide break, mm-hmm. so this will be and on your ride in. You might listen in and out, in yeah, and out. okay. And it's, I think, yeah, it's about three plus hours, so it takes me about three days to get through it. And uh, yeah, but I do that. I've I've been doing that every year for a decade. How about that? Yeah. I, I did. I've known you for a very long time. Yeah. I'm not aware of that. Right, it would not be something that would come up. But and, here like, it is. <laughs> ultimately. Who cares? <laughs> Except me. But right. I don't, maybe Nicole. Thank you. She does. She um, cared. So there you go. Yeah, I'm all in on Christmas. I all right. love the season, love the spirit of it. Perfect. Uh, even though I'm an atheist. Timothy has a good one for you here, mm-hmm. Eddie. I have a take for Eddie, he says. Eddie says the best moment of any vacation is when you leave work right before it. Mm-hmm. I say the best moment is the first time you look at a clock and realize that you normally would be at work. Um, yeah, no, I disagree. Yeah. Disagree. And for me, almost, yes, the, the, the whole anticipation and yes, I'm done now and 
all from now on. <laughs> that's like I say, from here on, it's downhill. Right, because that's Friday when you're leaving. Correct. This Timothy's saying not until Monday when you're supposed to have been at work. Yeah, I no. think you've already ruined two days. Yeah, no, for me, you know, it's 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 that moment when it's about. But but what I enjoy even more, a lot of times than the actual vacation is yeah. the the planning of it. The planning and of the, the vacation. planning of the vacation and working at the logistics and the timing. I got to drive here. I'm going to do this. We're going to go here. We'll do this. That whole, especially if there's like ferries involved and putting the car in a ferry. And yeah, I, I love all that stuff. You love I like to put a car on a ferry. Yeah. Yes, sure. And I love vacation planning for whatever reason and researching about an area and getting all there is to know. And then so and and looking at the Google Maps street photos. And you so love like, Google Maps street w- photos. When I go there, it's almost like, oh, OK, I recognize this. And so I, I sort of have a good idea of what I'm walking into. And yeah, that's uh, that for me is almost the, the in a way, strangely more fun sometimes than the actual vacation the planning of yeah all right mm-hmm. uh here's one from nadrod okay nadrod nadrod hello nadrod what's uh eddie's thoughts on new jersey traffic yield changes in the circles uh so do you know what happened i mean you where what happened in the circles when you go around in a circle in new jersey yes it used to be if you were and if you were They've changed the way who has the right of way. Okay, because my understanding, yeah, and I still operate this way because that's my understanding. You tell me if I'm wrong or if this is All now right. outdated. When you're approaching the circle, bef- you being outside the circle yield to yes. whoever is in the circle. Is that That correct? is correct. There were certain circles, though, in New Jersey where sometimes the person in the circle would have to yield. Really? And that's been turned around. But the problem is, because there's one in Wall Township that I go through all the time, mm-hmm. and they've changed. There used to be one of the ways in, you had the right of way, one, another way in, the other per- Like, it was very is, confusing. Is this like on the way to, when, to, to your home, that, like, we're 35? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But they just changed the rule one day. But anyone who travels that circle on a regular basis mm-hmm. is used to doing whatever they were doing. Right. It's caused a lot of chaos. Has it caused accidents? I'm sure it has. Yeah. Yeah, that should not, uh, even if it's sort of, like, my understanding is, like, if you're outside, you always yield to inside. But if there were some that were for years the other way, and now people are just automatically doing it, and that's just what they're used to, that seems without any major flashing signs before it. I think they did like a couple months before it was going to switch. Mm-hmm. They had the flashing signs. Now they just changed the yield signs. So there are yield signs that tell you to yield if you're going into the circle. Mm-hmm. But once you go around the circle, it used to be when you were in the circle, another lane could come in and they had the right away. Mm-hmm. So there's a, there's a number of them uh, in particular down the shore that are very confusing now. Yeah, well, I was I'm not as familiar except for that one. You yeah, know, I know like from the Flemington Circle and a few others. Yes, but, um, I am very familiar with that one because of uh, stupid reasons. But whatever. Uh, yeah, I was not aware that there this was an issue. Right. Oh, it's an issue. And I would say that maybe some more dramatic signage for a longer period of time. Yeah. Perhaps three to six months into the chain correct to alert people yeah 
I expect an accident every time I'm approaching that one. Yeah. I haven't seen them, but I'm sure they happen. Uh, yeah. Because accidents happen everywhere. Right. Well, and also the times that you're using and maybe are a little less Yeah, not as chaotic. Especially in, in, when you leave. Correct. That is correct. This is a more deeper one here. This comes from Gino. Okay. Does Eddie believe all things are material slash proven through only sense experience? Is he aware of transcendental arguments for God? And if so, how does he logically refute them and still make sense of his worldview? Do you understand what that means? I'm not sure I'm I get it. I'm trying to uh, parse that out. Okay, so uh, does he believe all things are material slash proven through only sense experience? Okay, so that there is no—I'm uh, interpreting this yeah. as to mean that there's no supernatural element to— Like he's things. saying that the only things that you believe in are things that you can prove through senses. Yes, I—, I mm, well— So can you believe in something like— Well, I, I will say this. I, I, I can't sense that the universe is 13.8 billion years old, but I believe it. I can't sense that there's other galaxies out there. I can't see them, but I believe that they're there. You can't they, sense the world is round. Correct, but I do. So so in that way, I don't know if we're being too literal about mm-hmm. it. Uh, yes, there are things that I accept without really knowing for sure. I've never gone up uh, in a spaceship to see that the Earth is truly round. I mean, I've I've kind of been up high, and you kind of see the horizon fading away. But like, do you really know it? So, no. But do I believe it? Yes. So, in in that respect, I'm going to say yes. I do accept things that I can't sense. Mm-hmm. And if he's asking more of, do I believe that there's nothing supernatural or spiritual? Uh, and I can't sense it. Do I? I don't really believe that, and I think a lot of things that people perceive or have perceived as supernatural or magic, given enough time, we will find that there is a logical or physical explanation to all of these things. So I hope that answers your question. I think it does, because he says, is he aware of transcendental arguments for God? I don't know exactly what that means, transcendental arguments arguments for God. Yeah, I, I'm not I, sure of that one either. I don't know exactly that what that means, but hey, if you're listening to this and you can help us ignorant people understand your question better mm-hmm. the next time I'm in, or if uh, Al gives me what you exactly mean, I'll, I'll uh, try to answer it for you. Right. So, yeah. I think that's fair. Okay. Hmm. Trying to think where I fall on that too. I think I'm... Uh... I've never seen like. Do you, can you be in an airplane and see the curvature of the Earth, or do you have uh, to be high, I, even I, higher? I think up? I think you can. Well, and just all like when you know the story about uh, Columbus was that you know he saw the was looking out to sea, and as a ship would come in, he would just see the sails first before he would see. Oh, okay. So, yes, I believe you can observe the curvature of the Earth from a high enough point, or if you're at the shore and looking out, you can see things coming up where you can see the tops first and then it comes over the curvature of the earth. I never thought of it. And that I'm way. sure pilots are who are, if there's any pilots are listening to us, hey, you idiots, of you course you jerks. can see it. You probably, if you go up in the uh, Empire State Building, you can see it. Really? I, I'm sure. But like, you know, it, on a like, good, clear day, right? Yeah. But I, 
you know, exactly, you know, I, I, I'm not a scientist, so I don't know for sure, but I, I, I believe you can see it from a high enough vantage point. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I need you to see that uh, series on Netflix, The uh, Ancient Apocalypse. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat curious about it. Yeah, it's the one uh, where they explain how uh, one guy's theory is that there was a civilization that around the the ice age uh, that was also around when hunter gatherers were, were around but this civilization was technologically advanced right so uh, now i'd have to watch it to find out when they believe the human species evolved if perhaps they're putting the um human species uh start date maybe earlier yeah but- i believe they are so it's about like the max I've heard is about three hundred thousand years for our species, um, you know, uh, brain size and all that stuff. Um, but think about how far we've come in the last one hundred years. So it's pretty damn far Te- technologically. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, hell, we were communicating the fastest you could communicate was by you know railroad or before that ponies or what have you. And now we communicate around the globe at the speed of light. So that's a pretty big jump. And if there were situations where some people theorize that the, you know, the the uh, the Atlantis yeah. myth. Okay. This is, which is covered in this show okay. as well. Well, the, they, the, the historical uh, basis of that was the island, I believe, of Manoa mm-hmm. or the Minoan civilization, which was on Santorini Island in the Mediterranean which is a big uh, volcanic crater, and that the Minoan civilization civilization was very advanced for its time, and that if that civilization was not destroyed by this volcanic eruption, that perhaps we would have been where we are now technologically a thousand years ago. So do I believe that it's maybe... It's possible that, like, some early human civilizations did advance quickly, maybe, because we're talking about 300,000 years to, you know, to now, the length of our species, and how far we've come in just recorded history, which is like 5,000 plus years, and you're talking about all that time, but the fact that there was the Ice Age, which lasted, you know, a long time, and kind of only started receding about, you know, or getting better about 20,000 years ago. Um, by the way, we're still in an ice age. This is sort of an interglacial period of the ice age because it goes by how much of the Earth's surface is covered by ice. So technically, we're still in an ice age because there were times when there was no ice. Is that right? And probably I would say the majority of the Earth's history has been ice free. But there's just been these ice ages, and we're still technically in an ice age, but we're in an interglacial period. I'd love to get out of the ice age and just warm this place up a little bit more. So, well, you know, your your condo would be underwater, but oh. whatever. Um, well, not that so, much. So, so 
I have to watch this and see how they're presenting the evidence. But for me, that the fact that there was all this ice and things didn't really start opening up and people could move around and not have such a struggle to survive because it's hard to you know come up with the you know theory of relativity when you're running from uh, 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 tigers that want to kill you and yeah. you can't find any food and all that. So, uh, you know, I, I'd have to see how they present it on the surface. I would dismiss it as just, you know, another sort of superstitious or crazy theory. I'll have to see how they'll, they present it and see what they say. But I would also say that there is no evidence left over and no archaeological evidence to support that claim. Although... You say maybe they do have some in some of their, like the the pyramids and all that? Yeah, and then they, they have a lot of things from around the world that are buried under pyramids and under structures mm-hmm. that date back much further than originally thought. Mm-hmm. And the episode they did about Atlantis, I, I think there are some archaeologists that don't believe Atlantis is a real thing. Well, I think most people accept the Minoan civilization was a real thing, and then it was destroyed by the volcanic eruption on Santorini Island. Because there's in in one of the episodes, there's a they explore underwater, you know, mm-hmm. through diving, uh, what appears to be a road that went all the way to Atlant, what they think was Atlantis, the Bimini Road. Yeah, in Bimini, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, that was pretty cool. Like it's it's yeah. these blocks that are, yeah. Um, yes. you know, rectangular blocks uh-huh. that are really right. There's so many, but like this, I, I saw the Bimini Road episode of In Search of back in the 70s with Leonard really? Nimoy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they, they definitely did Atlantis back in In Search of. Yeah. Sure. And is this like that where they have like the bad actors acting out? What no. They think? Oh, okay. No, no, no. This, this is um, this is the one host travels to each area and finds an expert who either currently works keeping the the place up you know uh, upkeep with wherever mm-hmm. they're going to visit talks to them about you know what archaeologists uh, believe and there's this theory that this guy has that you know archaeologists don't want to uh admit all of these things because they've already like laid out their groundwork for how everything is. And right. the, the minute they and start like, accepting some things, it throws off their whole yeah. timeline and they yeah, don't want they're, that. They're, they're like, you know, I, I did my thesis on this. Yes. No way. Right. Acad- right. It's a- I academics. Have this, I have this grant yeah. for eight years for $80,000. In no way I'm giving this up. Yeah. No. Yeah. There's certainly some of that, but uh, yeah. You, yeah. But if, if it's so compelling and so overwhelming, you know, like where, where and why why where's the evidence and and why don't more people accept it you know would be yeah. my question but we also have so many things that we don't have answers for you know sure now but but they don't seem to be looking for evidence like like say oh who, who built the pyramids uh the only answer they have is the egyptians little by little mm-hmm. using a pulley system or something right which sounds ridiculous it does. Especially when, you know, the, you hear that the stones came from three towns over and, you know. Right. So they don't want any theories other than that because there's no evidence. Mm-hmm. But, so it just seems weird. Like then, so then that's, that's it. We just decide 
Ah, the Egyptians who had no technology built the pyramids. Yeah, but also I I don't know if this has ever been theorized as a possible explanation of how you move these stones and all that. Um, you know, the truly massive ones, but I don't know if they had captured and sort of tamed any African elephants or huge oxen and you get a whole team of them and you know, that's another possible explanation that they used animal power and not just slave power right. to move these things. Um, you know, but they you, say that it's cut with precision and well, yeah, uh, chiseled right. into... Or again, but you have enough time. They're really into serpents, too, on all of these, all these different... Serpents? Yeah, all of these different uh, ancient apocalypse sites that they go to. Oh, have carved serpents? Oh, my gosh, there's carved serpents in the mountains, in the walls. Like, it's just serpent after serpent. They were really into, like, giant sea serpents. So hmm. Something must have been floating around those waters. Perhaps yes. a giant sea serpent. Well, there, you know, there were such things back in uh, back in time. And what's interesting is is and this show is on Netflix, by the way, Ancient Apocalypse. And it's four episodes. Um, it might be seven or eight. Is it's, it like a season, multiple? Seasons? Yeah, it's a, se- a season. A season. He just okay. did one season. Just and it's came all out. out. It's done. Yeah. Okay. I think they're only like forty minutes. They're not. They're not an hour long okay. each time. But it's funny after watching many years of Ancient Aliens. And then these guys go into the same sites, never mentioning aliens at all. And it's all humans. Yeah, and it's like the same, they're looking at the same thing. They didn't have the technology to do this, how to be the aliens. This guy's like, they did, they did have the technology to do this. We're not accepting that they, that there was an advanced yeah, civilization. We, we yeah. lost it. But yeah. But it's amazing over all this time how much stuff is is still around the world. Mm-hmm. In these really old places, and, yeah, and these... there's a name for those uh, uh, megalithic sites. Yes, megalithic Let, sites. Uh, yes, that and how they find them, like when they're, you know, in 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 these uh, older lands, older than the U.S., you know, where they're going to build a, you know, build an office building, and all of a sudden they find an entire city <laughs> under right. the dirt. Yeah, and now they have these machines that will. Give you an almost like an X-ray machine, yeah, ground penetrating radar. Yes, where they know mm-hmm. there's a pyramid here and a pyramid mm-hmm. here, and yep, there's these pieces of land still that have all these things that appear to be pyramids oh, yeah. underneath it that haven't even been. Explored oh, and there's been yet. many stories in archaeology about you know a farmer was out in his yeah. thing and it, like all of a sudden he discovers this uh, ancient the town, right? That was there. <laughs> yes. And a lot in the Middle East, obviously, because that's where humans came from, and that's where the first cities were. Yeah. So before we spread out. So a lot of it is there because it has been a lot of time to be covered over. Right. Yes, mm-hmm. a lot of time to be covered yes. over. I always wonder, too, like how careful are they like when they go when they find something like this, you know, to uncover these cities? Like, yeah, more and more, more and more careful as time has gone on. Yeah. And, you know, but... A lot of these sites, you know, were discovered, you know, many, like a lot of the Egyptian tombs were discovered by robbers and thieves and were raided and yeah. all the valuables, much of the valuable stuff taken out centuries ago. Right. I always think that's funny because we'll think of like horrific things that we do today, mm-hmm. you know, humans. I mean, I can't believe, you know, mm-hmm. we're this, you know, we're, we're, we're animals still. Mm-hmm. Things are going crazy going oh on. Oh, my God. You know, uh, just, you know, going to uh, the Roman Colosseum when I yeah. visited uh, Italy. Yeah. They were having lions attack people for people to watch. Right, for fun. Yeah, for fun. 
Right, or gladiators killing each other. Yeah. Like MMA, but real. But real, death. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, the Crusades, you know, okay, and other you know, just horrific things that we've done to one yeah. another over the years. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, we're kind of we're a violent species. We are a violent species. Sadly. But we act like now we're like real scumbags. We were scumbags for oh, a long uh, time. For, for since we've been created. Yeah. Since we evolved, I should right. say. Sorry. Since we evolved, Eddie. Yeah, we've uh, yeah, but that's the you know dog eat dog world. It is a dog eat dog world. All right, Eddie, uh, my parking is going to expire. Okay, uh, so why oh don't you say we We're do uh, twenty seven minutes in? That's right. Uh, let's do the warm up show. Which I did that with Peter Schwartz. You did, and you started the whole day off by bringing to light his situation with the. Uh, Ranch dressing? Yes, I saw that on Twitter. That restaurant? In the morning, and, and then uh, it carried on. And uh, throughout our whole show. Whole show. Uh, so you can also listen to the Boomer and Geo podcast to uh, hear all of that. Absolutely. It was terrific. Mm-hmm. So, so, so.